Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today is from Psalm 145. I'd like to invite you to read these verses with me. The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfies the desire of every living thing. This is our text. Girls and boys, I know when uh, Thanksgiving comes around, you think of one kind of bird, right? A, a turkey. That's what we're having for dinner today also. But for a little bit today, I'd like for us to think of another Thanksgiving bird. Actually, I guess seven of them, because uh, that's the number of chickens we have running around our house. And I shot a little video of them last summer. Chicky, chicky! Notice how they come running and they know there's food involved. Chicky, chicky! Now, I'm not real proud of that falsetto voice. (laughs) But they recognize it as their dinner invitation. And I can tell you, they are well-fed. Not only that... They get to sleep in very luxurious accommodations. And if you can't read the sign above the door, that's my wife's handiwork. Now, I learned something last night. I showed these pictures during the sermon then, and, and I discovered that not everybody is a Wolverine fan. Who'd have thunk? I did have a couple uh, Spartan fans mention that to me uh, after the service last night. Now, they were very good sports about it, just like Spartans fans always are. And, uh, well, of course, with the season they're having uh, this year, it's a little bit easier even to be uh, polite and, and a good sport about it. But I did think about that a little bit and thought, yeah, to, you know, to be fair and balanced, uh, maybe we should show the last 10 seconds of the uh, Wolverine-Spartans football game last month. So, this is for you Spartans fans. Oh, sorry. I I guess that won't play on our system. Well, back to the chickens. They won't be a Thanksgiving meal. But they can serve as a Thanksgiving lesson. What I mean is those chickens are a lot of work every day to say nothing of of the cost in in money and time and energy that went into building and, and painting that beautiful chicken coop. But here's the thing. How many times do you think any of those chickens have ever said thank you to Karen or to me. So why do we bother with them? Well, I built the coop because Karen asked me to. But why does she do everything that she does to, to take care of them? It isn't for the eggs, I can tell you that. They're good when we get them, but we don't get that many, especially this time of year. We're lucky if we get one a day. She doesn't do it for the eggs. She does it because it gives her such pleasure. 
to watch those little critters, to feed them, to take care of them. She does it because it gives her great delight. And that's the lesson for us. God doesn't take care of us just so he can hear us say thank you. Well, that would be rather petty, wouldn't it? He provides for us in such rich measure just because he delights in doing so. And in seeing us come back for more. Which is the first point in your sermon outline, God's delight. Our text says that God opens his hand and satisfies the desire of every living thing. We don't have to pry open his hand and try to quick snatch out of there something before before he clenches it tightly again. No, he opens his hand lovingly, generously, and pours out his blessing upon us. He delights in doing that. This past weekend, Karen and Emily uh, were gone for several days to help take care of our newest grandchild. And in Karen's absence, it's my job to take care of those chickens and to feed the dog and the cats and the guinea pig and the fish. Twice a day, we have to feed those fish. Now, this will just remain our little secret, right? Sometimes I forget to feed the guinea pig or the second fish feeding. Sometimes I get tired of taking care of those animals and (laughs) even get a little cranky about it. God's just the opposite. He never forgets, he never gets tired, he never gets cranky. He delights in knowing that we look to him. He delights in caring for us. The psalmist understood that, and he asks a very good question about it. He says, how can I repay the Lord for all his goodness to me? And then he answers his own question. Let's read that answer together. I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. Do you see what that says? We thank God for everything he does for us by coming back for more. By holding up the cup for a refill. By calling on the name of the Lord in faith and in trust. So God takes great delight in caring for us and having us trust him. What does he demand in return? Left some space there in your your sermon outline. Let me uh, me tell you what he demands. I'm sure I have those demands somewhere. I can't find them here. Do you know what? You won't find any in here either. That's because there aren't any. God demands nothing in return for his goodness. He doesn't operate the way that that we so often do. He doesn't give in order to get. 
He gives because it's his nature to do so. We have a word for that. You know what it is. You've heard it many times. You've experienced it over and over again from God. The word is grace. We heard a word of grace again earlier in the service when when Pastor Adams pronounced the absolution. And reminded us and assured us and gave to us God's great gift of grace in his son Jesus Christ. Forgiveness for all our sins. That's God's grace. The question is, do we truly believe everything that word conveys? Well, because he's gracious, God demands nothing from us. But does that mean that we follow the examples of the chickens? Just keep coming back for more with our mouths open and and maybe with our hand out? I don't know. I guess that depends. Are we any different than the chickens? Well, I do know. Because, yes, we are different than the chickens. They are physical beings only. God created us to be both physical and spiritual beings with both physical and spiritual longings, which is the third point in the sermon outline, our desire. The verse there in the outline follows, comes right after the ones we just read from Psalm 116. It does a great job of describing our desire in this regard. It's after the psalmist says, I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. Then he adds these words, I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Now he doesn't say what those vows were. But I think maybe we can, we can apply that thought to our own lives in this way. What God demands in return for his goodness is nothing. What we desire to give in return for his goodness is everything. Of course, it takes a while to talk about everything. So let's limit our discussion now to just four words. The four words that we spoke earlier, taken from, uh, from Martin Luther's explanation, where he said, and, and then we said, for all which it is my duty to what? To thank and praise, to serve and obey. Now remember that duty is ours because we've said we want it to be, not because God says it has to be. In other words, we desire to thank and praise, to serve and obey the one who has so generously and and so graciously provided for us. And we thank God when we realize just how much he has blessed us. And we can say thank you to him Not just with the words we use, but also with words we don't use. Words of grumbling and complaining. We can give thanks to God by being content with his gifts to us. Contentment. Can that be something we desire today? 
as a way of giving thanks to God. To praise God really means, it's talking about public thanksgiving. Well, everybody likes to be praised, don't we? Makes us feel good. Did you know God likes to be praised too? Not because it makes him feel good. But because it makes him look good. Now you heard me right. God likes to be praised because it makes him look good. But for a different reason than than you and I like to look good. That, That has to do with pride in our case. For God, he wants to look good not for himself, but especially for those who don't yet know him. Because when God looks good, we talk about that, don't we, St. Lawrence folks, in our, in our mission statement to show others how beautiful it is to live with Jesus? When God looks good, other people are attracted to him and look to him in faith and in trust. Would today be a good day to praise God, letting everybody know how great and how good he is? And then there's that second pair of words, to serve and obey. I'm going to turn those around as we talk about those briefly. First, obey. That simply means to do what God tells us to do in his word. It's, it's the instruction manual. It's where we find his instructions for how we can best operate and, and maintain our lives. And I don't have to explain that any further. We all know what it means to obey. We're just not always inclined to do it. But how about on this Thanksgiving? We resolve to make it our strong desire to obey God's word to us. And also to serve him, finally. Obey means to do what we're told. And and that's a good thing to do. But when it comes to serving, God gives us a lot more freedom to figure out how we're going to go about it. It's not a one-size-fits-all arrangement. It will vary depending on our circumstances. So a pretty easy example from Thanksgiving. As dinner is being prepared today, some cooks will say, I don't want anybody else in the kitchen. I'm going to take care of it all by myself. Well, that's okay. (laughs) In fact, some of us think it's great, and we're happy to serve by staying out of their way. But other hostesses will welcome some assistance. They'll be happy to have family members and and other guests pitch in to, to set the table, clear the table, do the dishes, mash the potatoes, whatever. That's also a great way to serve. Either way, as we're doing whatever we know to be most helpful in a situation. And that's what God asks us to do over and over again as we serve him by serving others. So thank and praise, serve and obey. Our duty? Yes. Our desire? Absolutely. Amen. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. I'll ask you to be seated. Before we receive the offering, 
Um, our, our St. Lawrence congregation knows that our Brant family um, has had a very trying time uh, during these past four months as, uh, as our daughter Emily has struggled with a very serious illness. And it seemed like it'd be appropriate on, on Thanksgiving to do something a little special, to say thanks for all the support that, uh, that we have received uh, from the members of our congregation and other people as well. And so it took a little bit, but I talked Karen and Emily into uh, allowing me to videotape a, a little interview with them. I did that just a couple days ago, and uh, I'd like to show that to you right now. The hardest part for me was losing control over pretty much everything, but especially your own body, and um, not being able to have a say into what's happening to you at all, pretty much. If they say you're going to have a test, you're going to have a test, and um, it doesn't matter if you want it or not, essentially, because you have to do what you have to do to get better. Um, you know, just a lot of times that it was my body, my own body that was betraying me, and there's nothing you can do about that, and it's really hard. And it's really hard for a mom to watch her child go through a lot of pain and a lot of suffering and know there's nothing you can do to help. I couldn't fix anything, and the, the, um, just never seeing an end in sight was really hard, or still is. So did, it, did anything good come out of this? Well, in all bad things, usually as you're going through them, you can see blessings. And one of the greatest blessings was I got to spend more time with Emily. And once um, she graduated from high school and went away to college, she wasn't um, around a lot anymore. And we've spent lots of time together and we've shared lots of things. And I feel very close to her now, which this has been um, something I've really enjoyed. And I pretty much agree with everything she just said. That was the biggest Probably the biggest thing is to get to see my family more and got to just spend last weekend with our new nephew, Robbie, um, and I wouldn't have been able to do that. Things like that, just get to spend more time with family than I would have otherwise. So what are you thankful for this Thanksgiving? I'm thankful for my family and for the support that I felt from my husband and my children and and also for my St. Lawrence family. Well, all the time we're going through this, we have had visits at the hospital. We had meals delivered, many, many cards, and uh, the prayers we've uh, just felt. Oh. <laughs> um, I mean, just the, I can't believe how much support that I've gotten, how many cards I've got. I mean, it was just, crazy is every every day more and more cards and it was just awesome to see how many people thought about me and took the time to um send me a card and were even people you didn't know yeah a lot of people I had never met before um and just wrote really nice things and um made me feel very loved and very special so a couple pretty amazing ladies and with them, I just want to say thank you to our amazing uh, St. Lawrence family. Thank you.